0: Hey, how are you? Welcome to another Off the Seat and Path. And before we get into this episode, I just wanted to give a warning about the content of this episode. We're talking about an especially violent and gory movie, and there's a lot of difficult subject matter in there. So if that's not your particular cup of tea, I would suggest turning this episode off and maybe wait for the next one that is hopefully uh, a little more your speed. But from this moment on... uh The subject matter gets a little tough, so I just wanted to give you a heads up and fair warning, uh, especially if you've got kids in the car.
1: Thank you. What happened was true. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. Off the Seton Path, a Halloween edition. Here's Seton O'Connor.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Off the Seton Path, these Halloween editions. We're breaking down our favorite horror movies, uh, because I'm a huge fan of horror movies, And uh, what better way to celebrate my favorite holiday of Halloween than to talk about scary movies? And, of course, as always with me, here is Brendan Pike. Brendan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. A great response to our first episode. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That That was was cool. That was super cool. Uh, If you missed it, the last episode of OTSP, we broke down the Halloween movie franchise. John Carpenter's Halloween. Right, John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, We went through those episodes. movies uh the whole series because how do you talk halloween without starting there yeah without talking about 14 <laughs> goddamn <laughs> bizarro yeah. slasher films yeah right right uh so i don't remember exactly how we got to this being episode number two but it feels right yeah i think we we were talking about it we we're talking about like movies that scared us when we were younger
2: and yeah. we both had this sort of like we talked about sex exchange so i'm asking we both paused or
0: like Like with our mouths agape, because I think we remembered how (laughs) whacked out it was. All right, so we're going with Texas Chainsaw Massacre for this second episode. And really, just even, we talked about theme songs in the first episode. The theme from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is disturbing.
1: (laughs) What is that noise?
0: sounds like some kind of like like a sick whale or something or like a uh, like a cow dying or something yeah yeah it's uh it's tough and even you know you, we started the this episode with the trailer and the trailer does a hell of a job of selling this movie because one the voiceover is tremendous yeah um and it really speaks to like the the power of that uh in te- in setting up the story for you of you know uh in 1974. It sounds like a news All report. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. like a news report more than a, you know, like, oh, the fun movie's coming up. <laughs> right. Which,
2: like, once you find out what, because, like, when you initially watch this movie, you're, it's like a sensory overload. Like, the sound, the visions, the things that you don't see that happen, like, the off screen horror of it is unbelievable. And then when you watch it again and you also read about what Toby Hooper. The director was trying, and writer was trying to do. You're just like, holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) It's just so much about like that time period in America, in like 1974. The he talks about how he was so upset with the way news was broadcast, and how like graphic and violent and sensationalized everything was in the news, coming from like the Vietnam War to like somebody getting hit by a car. They would just show all sorts of like blood and guts and like horror like on tv and he's like what's going on so it's so interesting and a lot of times they like would make up stories and like just to get people to come tune in that night and he just like he's like all right screw it i'm gonna put that at the beginning of my movie this is based on a true story even though that is a straight up lie well
0: so this this movie came out uh, many years before I was born and certainly of age to start watching movies like this. Mm-hmm. But I remember I started watching scary movies relatively early because I had older brothers and sisters and they would watch them. And I always tried to tag along with them and their friends and like just thinking, what are they watching? Even though I'm not supposed to be watching these things. And this was the one that I was like, uh, I don't think I should be watching this yeah. because it was, you know, you're like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, even 14 probably. Uh, and this, this movie came out in 74. So, say, in 84, I was, uh, well, I would have only been four years old, so I Mm -hmm. wasn't watching it then. But even, you know, you're talking 10, 15, 20 years after it came out, I was still thinking, like, man, this movie is so serious. And partly because I believed that this was based on a true story. Right. So the marketing of this movie was tremendous. It was absolutely fantastic because even all those years later I was like this is this really happened in Texas. This mm-hmm. this is this is it might be embellished a little bit but I really believe that this was something that actually happened. Right.
2: And I so I had a this, pretty much the same reaction when I saw it. My brother oldest brother had rented it and then like I got home from school and I was home alone. I was just like all right, screw it. Like I'm going to watch it. And I put it in and like I remember A being absolutely horrified. And then I remember going back to school the next day and telling everybody at the lunchroom table like guys they made this movie about this true story these people and i like i like probably even embellished on top of the embellishment because yeah. it was just like i don't know it was fifth or sixth grade or whatever <laughs> like just being a kid and i was just like yeah he murdered like a bunch of people and they're like what happened to him i was like i think he died outside the courthouse somebody shot him or something because he was gonna get off like i vividly remember like just making up a bunch of stuff about it but also like being just like convinced that it was a true story
0: Well, you're right. And so not to jump ahead to the end of the movie, because I do want to talk about the movie itself uh, and not just everything surrounding it. But one of the things that well, one, obviously, Leatherface is one of the great horror movie like, uh, is it icons or villains or whatever you want to call it? He's just one of the greatest horror movie characters of all time, for sure. Right. Just I mean, the the look trumps everything. He's literally
2: wearing a skin mask. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a dude's face. He's wearing a dude's face. Correct. And there's something about when you first see him, um, and he, the, the you know the, the characters finally make their way to this house, which is remarkable that they all found their way to that exact same house mm-hmm. just by going to look for this one creek. Right. And they all they're they're the dumbest group of people in the world because they're terrible at picking up clues. Right. Uh, like hey hey come check this out. What are all these cars doing covered over here? That's weird. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. And then they found a human tooth on the front porch. And they're yeah. like, hey, look, I got this for you. <laughs> Somebody lost their teeth. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, okay, maybe. But mm. then you see Leatherface, he comes out, and he's just, he's like a, a big bear.
2: Oh my God, he slides that door open. That's that a- metal
0: door oh, yeah. is horrifying. It's so terrifying.
2: And his movements, so it's not, there's nothing ethereal or supernatural about him. It's just, he's a big, big Terrifying dude, who like which that hits all notes of like fear. Like you can immediately like I've seen a person that big. A person that big could definitely hit me over the head
0: with a hammer, and I would be host And you know what is interesting too, because he actually runs after people. Yes, right. So he he, this is before they started the idea. I think of the scary guy or the villain or the killer murderer person walks everywhere while right. everyone else is running because this is like one of the er. this this came out before Halloween and Halloween is just
2: the slow like tempered walk right which is definitely scary in its own right but there's something a little less believable and less scary about like this guy is going to sprint at you with
0: everything mm-hmm. he has mm-hmm. he's like running like a maniac there's almost like a sense of panic to Leatherface when he's running after people knowing that he can't let them get away or their secrets going to be out right and so he's running them down with everything that he's got, carrying a chainsaw, which mm-hmm. it's the sound of uh, the chainsaw throughout some of those scenes is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, because it's it's just such a, a horribly violent noise.
2: And it's endless.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's a scene. We're jumping all over the movie, but that's yeah. fine, because I it's, guess it's yeah. just kind of the way we're doing it. Um, but there's a, the scene at the end when... Uh, the main character uh, whose name now I'm Sally Sally is running she's right she, one she this scene seems to take about 20 minutes it felt like anyway and she's running and screaming for the entire 20 minutes and the sound of that chainsaw is right behind her it's mm-hmm. just oh my god it gives you such anxiety yeah You know, but it's it's such an interesting technique on this because they, I feel like these scenes were probably deliberately left long, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, the camera stays, like, for most of that
2: whole chase scene, it stays with Sally the whole time, which, like, gives you that, like, anxiety that, like, you're with her. You're running with her. You don't totally know where Leatherface is, and then he just keeps popping up in random spots. Right. But, like, they're definitely, like, that, that whole scene, I think, is, like, five minutes Five and a half minutes, or something like that.
0: It's just such a brutal five minutes that you're like, my god! It really gives you a true sense of terror of uh, just how long something like that happens. Like if you've ever been in a fist fight, and you think how long did that fight last? You're like, probably like five minutes. It was probably ten seconds, right? But it was or twenty seconds. But it was a really awful twenty seconds that you're like actually fighting with somebody. It feels Mm -hmm. longer than what it really is. That gave you that sense of actually trying to run away from uh, some type of killer cannibal. How, like, your adrenaline kicks in, but how long does it last? Right, right.
2: And, uh... Oh, my God, terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did. I mean, we did hop out of order a little bit, but there's it's it. I think everybody pretty much knows the general order of events in this movie. Yeah. Group yeah. of teenagers are driving, pick up a hitchhiker, and w- which is like in the beginning, that's a, such a unsettling scene. Remember, he's just sitting there he and he's like his, really yeah. creepy and kind of gross. And like he cuts his hand open just like out of nowhere, just pulls out a razor blade. And then, like, I think he marks the car. Right. Right. So he marks it so that they know because then they go to the gas station, right? Yes. And so he marks it like, get these people, more right. or less. And then, uh, and it's, un- it's bizarre because, like, the- her brother, Sally's brother, the kid in the, the wheelchair, mm-hmm. Franklin. 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 He's a an
0: very annoying human being in that movie. He's is. Just so annoying that. Actually, towards it, I mean, you basically know, you're like, pretty much everybody here is going to die. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish they killed Franklin a little earlier, because he was just so annoying. Um, but, I mean, I think he's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, all those characters are kind of supposed to be. So they're supposed to be from the North,
2: and it's, Toby Hooper wrote it, he said he originally wrote it as an, additionally as a revenge story from the South on the North, because of the Vietnam War. And, it, it's it's just like he took like these sort of like caricatures of like people, you know, supposed quote unquote bohemian hippie types traveling around like, and oh my god, like the the the, the ultra poor
0: in yeah. the south, like well there's a there's a lot of uh sort of like socioeconomic uh, right. themes running through this where you know that the sort of creepy um guy who cuts his hand in the van the hitchhiker mm-hmm. he talks about how all the jobs were taken away because of uh the way that they slaughter animals now right. where you used to um they used to you know do it, it in one way head, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, this is going to be kind of gross, but I guess we're talking about chopping people up with chainsaws. Yeah, cells. I mean, anyway, this whole so, movie is going to be, because you. this is all about the meat industry, too. Right, right. So anyway, they, he talks about how they used to, at these slaughterhouses, they would hit uh, the cows over the head with sledgehammers, and sometimes it would take two or three times to actually get them, maybe even longer. But now that's been replaced by these uh, air-powered bolts, basically, that go through uh, the skull, and then the animal just dies like that. And it, it's taken away a lot of jobs, so a lot of these families are suffering based on the advancement of technology right uh which is a theme that runs current to today right, right now everybody can relate to that yeah um so yeah there are there are sort of like these socioeconomic and political themes that run through it um, that are that are really interesting including the you know when they stop at the gas station and the uh like proprietor of the gas station says well you know you kids don't want to go up looking through those houses people don't take kindly to that around here and and they have such a lack of respect for him mm-hmm. and the words that he's saying that if they had just listened to him, none of this would have happened. But instead, they had to be sort of bratty kids and go do whatever they wanted to do anyway. Right. Uh, which is a, a whole other theme, yeah. you know, that, that works for Entitlement. that. Entitlement. Yeah. 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 Um, the uh, You know, what's interesting, too, about that, the proprietor of the gas station, will call him. Mm -hmm. He, uh, obviously ends up being part of this same family as Leatherface and, and, uh, the hitchhiker guy. Right. And, see, there, you, you get through to the, uh, a later part in the movie when Sally, uh, she's running away from Leatherface during one of those just brutally long scenes. And she makes her way back to this gas station where she thinks she's gonna be safe and she runs into the gas station guy. She's like, oh my gosh, you had, like, you know, you saved me. Like, He's running after me, he's chasing me, he's gonna kill me or whatever. And the guy's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. He's hugging her. Oh, he seems so warm and comforting. He's almost like grandfatherly. Like, yeah. oh, no, 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 come on, don't worry about it. I'm gonna take care of you. No, Nobody's out there, don't worry. I'm gonna get the truck. We're gonna go find some help. We don't have a phone here. We're gonna go find some help. Uh, and he goes out to his truck, he pulls it up, he comes back with a bag and a bag, you know, a bag and some rope. Yeah. And she's, she's like, oh, sh- oh. oh
1: shit. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, but what's so interesting is that even while he, they fight each other, he gets her sort of bound and gagged and puts her in this truck. Mm-hmm. While they're driving away, he keeps saying to her, no, no, don't worry. Don't w- You have nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. You're going to be fine. Don't, it, it'll, don't worry. You're going to be fine. It's just so... Uh, Like, torturous. Oh, my God, a What a mental... Like, the mental anguish that must be happening in those moments.
2: Yeah, so that part of the movie is the one that gets me the most, is the scene where they get her, and then they bring her into the house, and then the grandfather is, like, in the wheelchair, and they're trying to get him to hit her over the head, and he can't hold the hammer, and it's just, like... They keep closing in on like shots of him like licking his lips and, and th- stuff. So that and- goes
0: back to the uh, slaughterhouse part where right. this grandfather was supposed to be. Oh, he could get you. He could get a cow in in one hit. He was the best to ever done it. Yeah. He was the greatest. And then they, you know, have this girl and they're trying to get him to to kill this girl. And he's just so old and and feeble. He can't hold the hammer anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're all getting frustrated. And that's how she ends up. Escaping. Getting out of the house is because they're all so, you know, whooped up over Grandpa not being able to do this Mm -hmm. that they lose track of her for a minute. Yeah. Um, That scene with the... uh, In that tow truck... It really struck me there again, sort of going back to uh, the first episode of this. That was a very clear influence on Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. Oh yeah, because you could see you could pull that that scene right directly and put it into any one of his movies, and it would have fit perfectly, seamlessly. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, clearly, like it's this is the the
2: uh, the family in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very similar to the I think it's the Firefly family. Or, or whatever they are in the uh, Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, um, very clear. Like they're cannibals. They're just like every single one of them is a serial killer and a monster, and has their own way of getting you. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah. Oh my god. You never look at a uh, a meat hook the same way after no. that movie, um, because you know it's when they the the. The the group of people, before all of this goes, uh, they pull up to that gas station, like we said. And, again, I apologize because I'm jumping all over the place. But they get some barbecue.
1: And Franklin,
0: who is the really annoying character sitting in the wheelchair, he uh, takes a bite of the barbecue and then looks at it real funny. And he's like, almost like, man, that doesn't taste right. And at this point, you don't really know that he's very likely eating human flesh, uh, which is brutal. So gross. What a fucking movie (laughs) (laughs) but they so then you go to you take that part you get to where they start capturing all of these people and they're putting them on meat hooks and hanging them which is just an must be awful (laughs) right uh but that really sort of sets the tone for sure that first meat hook incident where you're like whoa this isn't going to be very nice no and then you get back to when the girl has escaped the house and runs to the gas station and she thinks that she's found this grandfatherly figure mm-hmm. who's gonna help her. And while he goes out to get the car or get the truck that he's gonna supposedly take her away for help in, she's looking around and she sees all of the quote unquote meat that he's currently smoking or, you know, roasting over a fire, and it's all hung on these same meat hooks. And by that time you're just looking back and you're like, oh God, like that's all human beings and likely they're about to start serving that to people who come through here. Right. Holy crap. It's just yeah. so gross. It's not the kind of thing that you want if you're skittish about food at all. When no. you go, you only go to the places that you trust or something, ugh. Yeah,
2: the, uh... The, Toby Hooper even said that he, uh... He's like, while they were making the movie, he became a vegetarian. During it... He eats meat now, but he's like... During the production and, like, while we were editing and everything, he's like, I couldn't touch meat. Yeah. Which...
0: I, I can understand. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, savage. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, so the, you know, there's a lot of interesting things about uh, the sort of what inspired the the movie. Because, mm-hmm. like we said, I grew up thinking it was inspired by real events, and I I think after reading a lot about it, Toby Hooper he, he did pull from real life inspiration. Right. Right. Like very different serial killers and like Leatherface is is based on, uh, like, a real person that Hooper— Ed Gein. Right, exactly. Ed Gein, uh, who's a very notorious serial killer. I think that's where he came up with the idea for the skin mask. hmm uh, And, like,
2: also capturing hitchhikers and yeah. people who are like, cars broke down, Ed would kidnap him.
0: There's another thing here that says uh, that Toby Hooper was inspired to make this movie based on uh, Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm which is something that's really funny because you wouldn't think of uh, Christmas shopping and cannibalism necessarily, but he said he talks about how there were these huge Christmas crowds and that he was getting really frustrated um, by not being able to get through all Mm -hmm. of the crowds and that he just sort of looked over and saw a rack of chainsaws, and he was like, well, that's one way to get through this crowd really quick, Mm -hmm. and that just sparked something and uh, that he went home and just sort of like powered through this idea of... Oh, this is going to be the movie that I make. Yeah. It's about killing all these people with chainsaws, which, don't you think in that moment, aren't you sort of second-guessing yourself of, like, is there something wrong with me that this is the way my brain is working, that I'm just trying to get through this crowd of Christmas shoppers? What if I had one of those chainsaws? Yeah. He's like, I would just say, the exact quote is, if I start the saw, those people would just part. They
2: would get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, they would
0: all be like, oh, okay. i will just run. Um... The, so you had alluded to this earlier, um, but the shoot of... Actually shooting the movie was supposed to be really difficult for everybody. Um, like, just between... like yeah. There was, like, budget issues. Again, probably in 1974, people weren't that into making, you know, horrifically violent movies uh, not killing have, people. Uh, yeah, they would have a shorter run, too. Like,
2: Grindhouse films and stuff would, would have, like, a short run at exploitation, like, theaters and stuff like that, but never... To the point where people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll put, you know, $1 million, $2 million into the budget of it. And so they didn't have any money, so they had to have, like, 16-hour shooting days. And it was in, like, the sweltering, sweltering Texas heat. And, like, I guess the house I was reading, the production designer took real animal bones and, like, meat carcasses from, like, nearby butcher shops and stuff. And just, there was no ventilation in the house, and it was... 110 degrees and humid, and it was just like... They said it just stunk, like, smelt absolutely horrible, and it was just, like,
0: like painful to be in. Well, there's something to be said about making a movie this awful and being uncomfortable while making it is certainly going to help add to the overall tension. Right, and so, like, they,
2: they didn't have enough money for, like, multiples of, like, the lead's shirt, so she... She said, "By the end of it, her shirt, like she could set it down and it would stand up on its own because it had <laughs> like so much fake blood and like everything like caked on it that it was just like solid." Yeah, and it was just like they couldn't afford to wash it because they
0: were worried it would get
2: ruined, <laughs> and it was just like, well, absolutely the, crazy.
0: So the probably the 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 worst scene I would think in the movie is uh is the dinner scene, right? Right. So that's where uh, you have the the main character sally she's been captured um she's tied up and they're sitting around and they're all about to eat dinner this is in between chase scenes i think (laughs) if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. but she uh they said that that whole scene and it's it's really the the chase and the dinner and all of that stuff uh was was really awful um just to watch but you could imagine shooting that over and over again and i think they did all of that in one day Mm -hmm. probably not only because of budget constraints and you know they were talking about like right the brutal the brutal shooting schedule where they had equipment rentals and they had no budget so they just had to power through all of these days but especially filming something where you have to be that amped up and that terrified the whole time you can't do that over multiple days i don't think like it just it would drive you crazy oh to do this for okay this scene's gonna take three days keep doing this over and over again yeah
2: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: That's crazy! You don't gotta make a stop! Please! Do nothing. He's just a cook. Shut up, you bitch, hog. You let face do all the work. He don't like it. Ain't that right? You're just a cook. Shut your mouth! That's just crazy. Like
0: even the ki- the killer family don't get along with each other. Oh my god. Which adds even more that it's not just one person against you know, like the person being the cat- the what's captured versus the killers. It's even the killers against each other where none of them like each other and they're all fighting and arguing with each other and, and you know, assaulting each other and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. It's just a, it's just the craziest movie, man. Yeah, it's awesome. That scene is that scene is is really really tough. Uh, you know what was really shocking, actually, too, to find out that the grandfather was alive, mm-hmm. because there couldn't be a more deader looking human in uh, at ever. Like, he's... he's one of the last few
2: living members of the cast, too.
0: Yeah, most most of them are dead by now. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know Gunnar Hansen, the guy who played Leatherface, passed away a couple years ago. Uh,
0: the girl who played Sally's passed away. Um, Toby passed away. Yep, the creator. And, uh, but yeah, the grandfather's still alive. Isn't that crazy? That's a funny little tidbit. Yeah. There's this thing where they, uh, the, the Sally who's been captured and they, they cut her finger and, uh, they put it in the grandfather's mouth. Ugh. And so, like, the blood there and he starts sucking on it. And that's when you finally figure out that the grandfather's alive. And it is just like, it just amps up the disturbingness of it, uh, like a whole mm. d- tenfold.
2: Yeah. It still makes, unsettles me. Even just, Just thinking about it is worse almost than watching it. Yeah. Which that's, like, the kind of the beauty of that movie is, like, we talked about it with Halloween, but, like, there's, like, it's hard to say, but there's not a lot of gore in this movie. There's no, like, blood and guts, really. Like, she gets covered in blood at the end. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, you don't see any, like, chainsaws going through people. It's all implied, which makes you the envisioner of like what happens like right, it turns so I, you into like this like question yourself well, like well if i didn't see it why am i picturing him getting cut in half with a yeah. chainsaw why am i picturing the meat hook going into her
0: back but we don't see it right right you just know that it happened which oh my the, God, yeah like such a... franklin is is by far the most annoying character they say even the cast members couldn't stand him he, he's obviously done to be that way on purpose mm-hmm. um like some sort of like antagonist or something but he uh His death scene, like I said before, I was kind of like, damn, I wish that they just killed this dude right away because he's so annoying. But then they do eventually kill Franklin, and it's kind of satisfying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, good (laughs) God almighty. Because Franklin finally got his. He's still being very loud. (laughs) He's like, Sally, Sally. (laughs) Yeah, and he does the... Thing and you're like, dude. Which you know, what's funny? The the, uh, killer family does that too to each other, and it's a funny way to tie them both together. Very antagonistic attitude. Franklin. adios amigo <laughs> because uh, the part of that movie they're going <sighs> through this dark wooded area and uh, they're trying to find their friends and they have a flashlight and all of a sudden Franklin's like wait a minute stop I think I hear somebody or something like that and Leatherface
1: pops out of he nowhere barely
0: <laughs> gets the
2: sentence out he's like wait a second stop <laughs> 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 yeah, all you
0: hear is <laughs> oh my god it's Leatherface that's uh, not the face you want to see coming at you in the middle no. of a dark wooded area um, the oh. end of the movie is pretty spectacular fantastic because they they set you up with all of these epic chase scenes that go on forever all this screaming all of this uh the chainsaw you have the uh hitchhiker guy who's right behind the girl who could grab her really at any Mm -hmm. minute and i think actually um i think he's stabbing her or he's like, like he's hat, like he's, he's like slashing, slashing at her. her right he's slashing at her and he's like he's almost enjoying God, it. is this okay to talk about <laughs> i hope we're gonna have
2: to this is gonna have to have some sort of warning on it i think yeah yeah um i, I just
0: realized as we were like going <laughs> this yeah it's like a pretty dark yeah this is pretty this is pretty bad i'm gonna have to start this with a warning for sure yeah uh which actually by the time you hear this you'll have already heard that warning yes this is us realizing that that warning needed to go there <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, uh but, so here's this girl, and you're like, you've got the guy right behind her the the other two are chasing right after her, one of them's holding a chainsaw, obviously, uh, and a semi truck comes rolling down the street right there, sees what's happening, plows over the hitchhiker, takes the hitchhiker right out, which yeah. is wicked satisfying,
2: oh, my God, I was so happy when that like. Oh, she's like, okay, that's one down
0: yeah that and that's that's a pretty gory moment too because oh, they do not pull any punches about showing this guy get hit and run over by the truck yeah um the uh so okay, so that's one down right the the truck driver gets out obviously having just hit this guy and seeing this girl covered in blood uh gets out only to find there's a human skin mask wearing man with a chainsaw right behind her mm-hmm. right. They kind of chase each other around a little bit. The uh, truck driver has this fantastic shot with a wrench where he throws the wrench, hits Leatherface. Pints him right in the head. (laughs) Hits him right in the head. Leatherface falls. The the chainsaw falls, cuts into Leatherface's uh, leg, buying them a little bit of time. In that time, they're running. A pickup truck comes by. The girl hops into the pickup truck. The pickup truck pulls away. She's laughing like man- she he she ba- it barely gets away from leatherface barely gets just away just like
2: skims the back of the truck
0: right right uh he's right there on her tail she just hops in barely gets away from him uh she pulls off there's this i mean just iconic scene of her laughing like maniacally laughing like screaming crazy screaming and
2: laughing in her head just bobbing back and forth and her like eyes are bulging out of her head like right. she's covered in blood it's Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And so she gets away. There's this equally iconic scene of Leatherface swinging the uh, chainsaw in...
2: A gorgeous shot. Yeah. It's shot at sunset. And so, like, it's just him dancing, spinning around, swinging the chainsaw. And he's, like, he's also in a suit for some reason, which you assume he got from somebody he killed. Sure. And, like, it's just... I don't know. It's just...
0: Wild, wild way to end the movie. So the, where it's just there's so many open endings. Right. So that. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Right. So the girl drives off in the pickup truck. You don't know what happens to her. Leatherface is just swinging this chainsaw in the middle of the road. You don't know what happens to him. And the truck driver didn't get in the pickup truck. He ran in the opposite direction. Right. He's what running happened away, to the truck driver? Yeah.
2: He's running away from his own truck, too. Right. So he's just and he doesn't look like he's in the best of shape. Uh, He did not look like he'd been uh... like he's going to be able to pull off the
0: cardio that Sally was pulling off for, you know, 15 minutes (laughs) straight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know if they ever updated that specific storyline in any of the uh, future movies. I'm not sure. Um, because we know there were uh, a couple of sequels, a couple of uh, or another one that was sort of like a reimagining of uh, the original. That's with Jessica Biel. Uh, yeah, Jessica Biel was in that one. We had somehow Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey end up in one. Yeah, there's a slew
2: of them in towards the end of the '80s and then through the '90s that were these sort of like B schlocky, like really schlocky, like schlockier than like all the Nightmare Before Elm Street's, Friday the Thirteenth that were they were almost like. Comedies to a point, yeah. Where like Matthew McConaughey plays like a uh, a tow truck driver, but he's got like a robotic like gas powered (laughs) leg thing. And him and Renee Zellweger were in a movie together. I can't remember what it was that was about to come out that they were trying to. That studio paid a bunch of money to bury this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, which is interesting. I mean, it's just like the the way Hollywood treats. I guess this is a good segue. The way Hollywood and like producers and companies treated actors and movies during this time period and pretty much all the way through the nineties and probably still to this day. I don't know, it seems like it's gotten a little better with more visibility in terms of what people are doing. But the the way they made this movie is they you know, they formed they got somebody to fund it, they started a production company. Uh, and they offered because they couldn't pay the crew or the actors their full rates. They gave them point options that would let them make money on the back end. But this, this is a lot of inside baseball. But it, they they then in order to finish the movie as they were editing it, they then had to take sell fifty percent of the stake of the movie to another company. So the actors and the crew are now only have. A small percentage of fifty percent of what they're already getting, <laughs> right, yeah. uh, it just looped. keeps shrinking. It basically, kept shrinking. and as then, and then they get a distribution company, and it shrinks and even they more. Had to take some. And yeah. so it's just like at the end of it, it was just like okay, so the total that this company made that you get a percentage of is like ten thousand dollars, and you guys have to split that up among like eighteen of you. Oh my god! And it was just like it, it. was just like, and thankfully, I think it, it ended up they ended up getting taken care of down the road. But, like, when they did the sequel, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Gunnar Hansen, the guy who played Leatherface in the first one, they were like, hey, this is what we're offering you. He's like, oh, that's kind of low. And they're like, okay, sorry, we're, like, we're moving on. Yeah. Uh, well, and you then, can't like,
0: even see his face. So his, it doesn't really matter who plays right, Leatherface. Right, exactly. And so yeah. that,
2: that's what one of the producers said. They're like, well, we don't care. Nobody knows who Gunnar Hansen
0: is. Yeah, it could be anybody. And uh, so, yeah. The uh, A couple of quick things that I really want to mention about the movie uh, that we we're talking about a little earlier. the chainsaw that they were originally using was real for the first part of the shoot. Correct. That is a horrible idea, uh, but I'm glad that they figured it out uh, somewhere in the production process. Yeah, I guess Gunner was took a fall while he was sprinting
2: at one point, and he was smart enough to throw the chainsaw away from him as he was falling. Um, and at that point the director, Toby was just like, okay, uh, maybe we shouldn't use the chainsaw running because if he just (laughs) fell on that, he would have been dead. Like, uh, so then they, they took out the choke, I think, so that the chain would still rattle. Yeah. But, uh, or the clutch or something, I don't know. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then, so it would still make the noise and it would still be moving. And then when they actually needed to cut something open, they would put it back in
0: and let it let the
2: chainsaw
0: rev up because because there was an incident where uh, uh leatherface the, the character playing uh, the guy playing leatherface almost fell yes through the chainsaw away so he didn't cut himself and that's where they're sort of like oh wait this minute, is this not is a, a bad good idea. idea correct i wonder if that's where they if they got the idea for the scene that we were just talking about where leatherface falls and cuts his leg mm-hmm. uh, maybe they got the idea for that from there Right? Yeah, it's possible they already had that written in, but it I would make so. sense that they were like, "Oh, we, maybe we just do that scene. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. That'd be a good way to get, show his humanity, I guess." <laughs> right. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That he is sort of that he is mortal. Yeah. Um, you talked too about the well, one thing that did strike me when you sort of it's almost like if you removed the audio from um the movie, it looks beautiful. There's me, there's so many shots in that that sort of especially right when that sort of golden hour is happening, that the sun is setting. Uh, and you realize that, obviously, they don't want to be out here in the dark, too, so there's a certain amount of tension to that. But it's such a beautiful-looking piece of land and property that they're on. Uh, although there is, like, you know, there's, like, coops and, uh, I don't know, like, old cars and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But just something about the scenery there and the way that some of these shot, shots are laid out, it's really gorgeous.
2: Yeah, no, it's a beautifully shot movie. And it, honestly, it it, it is kind of a work of art. The MoMA... The Museum of Modern Art has a yeah. print of it that they redesigned just because it's such an iconic film, but also because it's there are so much beautiful imagery inside of it. Yeah. And so it's actually one of the main, maybe I'll, I'll, we'll put this on Twitter, but there's a painting that was one of the initial inspirations for uh, The Chainsaw Massacre, and it's called uh, Christina's World, and it's a 1948 painting by Andrew Wyeth. And so, if you actually oh. look at that painting, you'll you'll recognize it immediately. Yeah, well, like,
0: Wyeth is very famous. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and so you'll see it, and you'll be like, "Oh my god!" Like, and then it just helps attach like so much of the artistry that comes through in the cinematography. Like, I know it's like a, a butt shot, quote unquote, but when that girl walks by and they reveal the house for the first time, oh yeah, and it's a wide shot, and she's mm-hmm. in, it sets up the movie perfectly. You're like, "This is a terrible house." This is an attractive young girl. Right. Like some shit's about to go down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like this like beautiful young girl walking towards this house and sort of the way that they shoot it, the uh, the way that she, as she's approaching the house, the house just seems to get bigger and bigger it's, and bigger. The, the
2: framing and the reveal yeah. is
0: perfect. It's it's really imposing. And yeah, you do truly get the sense that she's walking into a terrible place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought just the, the way that it's shot – um, it is just, it's really brilliant it's mm-hmm. it something that should be appreciated for sure. Give it, okay. Say what you want about horror movies and gore or whatever. Um, that the cinematography of that is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, and the the opening shot of the
2: movie, like where it's just that, uh, body that decomposing corpse, yeah. that's like attached to a grave site. Right. S- does that same thing, that slow pull out wide reveal. And it's just. It's it's a beautifully framed shot, but it's something right. so disgusting.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. It's it's a beautifully framed shot of something disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a certain amount of uh, beauty in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know either. I've got so much information on <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> hey, you know, I don't know where we go to the next movie that we break yeah. down. Yeah, maybe we'll do a poll question on that or yeah, something. Yeah, what movie do you want us to do next? Yeah, yeah, we probably got a couple poll questions off of this one. Uh, This was fun. This one was a lot of fun. This one was... This podcast, I feel like, was darker than I thought it was going to be. But yeah. then again, I don't know why I thought this one wasn't going to be this dark, because it's just that horrifying of a movie. Um, but this was fun, man. Let's do it again. i down. All right, I'm cool. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks again. Uh, thank you to Alan Guzzy for sit- yeah. sitting in. And uh, no, I think we should have you sit in all the time. Yeah, I, I like li- it. I, I like Alan safe being here with Alan here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Alan sat in. He ran the board. He did all the sound effects and stuff like that. And has just been uh, running shops. So, Alan, we appreciate it. Alrighty. Oh, speaking of meat. (laughs) Wait. uh, Meat Friday. No, just kidding. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, great. So, Alan uh, around here is known around the Dan Patrick Show as the IT chef. So, either he's fixing your computer or he's got a a brisket on the Traeger or something like that. Or today, like he just whipped up some uh, chicken thighs. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's sort of Alan's role. Uh, man, as we are, are approaching Halloween, Alan could really get pretty gruesome with this. Alan,
2: you should dress up as Leatherface for <laughs> Meat Friday. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, dude. That'd be pretty rad. That would be
0: pretty awesome. Bloody yeah. Mary <laughs> flank steaks.
2: You got it. You got to be able. You got to have a good sense
0: of humor to do that. That's great.
1: Dude, that's Uh, such a good idea, Alan. We got to do that.
0: All right, well done. Uh, Well, yeah, hey, thanks again, Alan. Thank you, Brendan, as always. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for letting me uh, geek out about this stuff. This is awesome. Yeah, no, no, dude, I love this. This is the best. Uh, And we'll do another one soon. Awesome. All right, cool. See you later. Bye.